Cusick. Not just a word, a movement, a mindset, and a podcast. Welcome to Fusick. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Fusick podcast. We are obviously excited about another episode here today. We have a familiar face joining the call. My name is Craig Miller, and I am your co-host, accompanied by the one and only Mr. TJ McGinnis. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, Miller 2.0. What's going on? <laughs> hey, you that's doing right, man. good, buddy? You had doing. a fantastic weekend. I had an absolute amazing weekend, man. It could not have been better. Could not wow. have been better. Wow. Well, let's 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 touch on that real quick before we introduce the famous Jason Addy. That's right. Craig um, Miller. Tell me well, about it, dude. Tell me about it. Well, buddy, uh the girl that uh uh you know, I'm supposed to be with 100%, and the girl that I've known for about 10 years now, Miss um, Katie Kelly and I got engaged in downtown Chicago in the snow, so it was a, uh, it was an amazing day. I'll never forget the way her facial expression changed when she saw the ring, and um, she, I, I play a lot of jokes on her. That's probably about 85% of our relationship is me just kind of messing with her and joking with her, and so she actually thought I was kidding at first. Um, even when I got down on the knee, she thought I was just trying to, like, embarrass her in front of the crowd, and oh, then, um, and then her, <laughs> and then her, her facial expression completely changed when, uh, when I actually brought out a ring and was serious, and it, it, it was excited. It wasn't scared. It was a very excited face and smile, awesome. and and uh, and it was it was a great moment. And we just had an incredible weekend celebrating and uh, looking forward to the wedding next summer and 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 enjoying the time with friends and and just enjoying the process. So couldn't be happier um, personally and professionally. So life is great, man. Life is great. I'm very happy for you, my friend. I'm excited for both of you. It's gonna be a great a great adventure. That's right. Be a That's great right. Adventure. Um, Craig, real quick, I, I remember when I proposed to my wife, uh, she didn't have a facial expression uh, when she looked at the ring because she couldn't see it because I had the, <laughs> I had the um, whatever you want to call it, the, what it was. The pin drop, pin dot? Yeah, the, it, it was face, facing me and not facing her. So I wasn't even paying attention. I was so nervous. I popped it, opened the, the ring, and it was facing me and not her. So. Oh, that's uh, classic. Nice, fun fun uh that got her uh to get to know me a little bit more and what she had in store so it's all good man you, good. Are, you passed that original test congratulations buddy you know thank what? you I'm, I'm super excited and super pumped to uh to have jason addy on the call today on the fusic podcast jason how you doing my friend i'm good guys how are you guys great we are great. outstanding what's things so like quick that, quick quick story real quick yeah. tj uh by the way, uh, Mr. Mr. Miller, congratulations from uh, from me as well. And uh, Craig and I actually got engaged on the same day, exactly one year apart. So, uh, opposed to my now wife, Warren, uh, on the exact same day, one year ago. So, congratulations, Craig, from us as well. Well, I appreciate wow. that. I appreciate that. I know when you texted me that, that was pretty cool. We were actually standing um, in downtown right on the river, uh, right by the Trump Tower and everything. When you texted me that, it was, it was a cool experience because... I'll tell you one thing that Chicago does right is they do Christmas lights yeah. the right way. I mean, it's they're everywhere. Christmas trees, Christmas lights, they're they're everywhere. So, if you ever get a chance to experience it, it's it's worth coming up here to see. Awesome. Well, anytime you uh, need to invite anybody to help a uh, manager meeting or or just be a part of something, uh, you know, you always can do that, Craig. You know All what right. I'm saying, there, buddy. All right, there, bud. 
Yeah, but... All right, so let's get let's get to the man of the hour here. I think the listeners are, are done listening to us banter about our personal lives here. Um, but Jason, welcome to the show, man. What? Just we'd like to just start it off by you just kind of telling us your fusic your fusic story. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you guys for the uh, for the opportunity. I'm a, a avid listener and listening to you guys each week, and uh, appreciate what you're doing. Uh, not only for for the folks in this company, but for the company as a whole, and and folks that may be considering an opportunity to join Colonial Life. It's uh, it's uh, as you'll hear, it's it's certainly been a huge part of my life professionally, uh, so far, and hope it is for a long time here to come. So uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to join you guys today. Um, so my my music story starts uh, actually not too far down the road from our home office, maybe 15 or 20 minutes away. I I grew up in a suburb suburb of Columbia called uh, Lexington, South Carolina. Uh, traditional family, great home, mom, dad, sister, uh, grandparents galore, everybody close by. Um, traditional upbringing, uh, I would say unlike Craig, uh, I'm about the most unathletic person you're going to meet. Uh, if you've ever played <laughs> you, golf with you me, think you I'm completely athletic? understand. <laughs> not athletic at all. No, it's, it's not my MO. So I, I knew very early on, probably in middle school, high school, even though I enjoyed sports and participated in sports, that uh, I'd have to excel in some other aspects of life in order to be successful. I was I was not going to get that uh, that baseball contract or scholarship or anything like that for sports. That's for sure. You're a heck of a Madden player, though. Hey, there we go, TJ. Every time yep. every time TJ's in town, we, we get a little game in. So you would uh, kick my butt on that. <laughs> we'll have to get up sometime, Greg. Um, so uh, so after after high school in Lexington, uh, I went to University of South Carolina. So that makes me a, a third-generation Gamecock, uh, following in my dad and my grandfather's uh, footsteps wow. as well. Um, business major, and, and I knew uh, pretty early on, maybe second or third year into college, uh, I, I had always been aware of Colonial Life just because the headquarters is there, and it's, it's obviously got a huge presence in the market. But uh, Colonial Life corporately has got a sponsorship um, with the, the Moore School of Business, which is part of the university. Uh, and they, they do a lot of very good things, uh, internships, sponsorships, uh, guest speakers and things like that at the time. And uh, early on, I had heard so many good things, uh, both in the school and in the community, about how great Colonial Life was as a, as a company. Uh, the culture spoke for itself. Uh, and I knew that in some way, shape or form, uh, Colonial Life was top of my list uh, for where I wanted to join after college. So. Uh, much like my sports career, my, my initial application process did not go smooth. Uh, I applied for three or four, maybe five different jobs at Colonial Life and heard back on some and not on some others. And I finally landed a job in uh, June of 2009 um, as a, a specialist on what's called our sales compensation support team. So I uh, interviewed for it uh, with a couple guys, Jason Mulligan and Raul Moda, who are still there uh, today. And uh, they... Uh, they brought me in and said, here's what we want you to do. And I showed up and, and, you know, I'm a business school grad and I walk in the door and I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to have a, have an office and have a team and all that kind of stuff. And I'm going to make this nice, you know, huge salary and everything. And, and let me tell you guys, that's not the case. Uh, you come in the, in the door and you, you walk into your, your cube. And, and I was my, my first probably year and a half, maybe two years, I was taking about a hundred phone calls a day uh, from our sales organization. Uh, sounds like maybe not the best thing in the world, but I'll tell you, it was actually a very rewarding experience. And uh, that's kind of where my story uh, begins to take flight. And it's, it's that first opportunity uh, that someone showed me. And, and you got to um, take all the coaching and all the, the, the mentors and, and whatnot around you and make the best of the situation. So 
Um, I, I spent about three and a half years, I'll, I'll shorten up the story a little bit here, but about three and a half years in the sales compensation department. I uh, rotated through, through several different roles in that area and ended up working with, uh, with Tom Murphy, who runs our sales comp uh, design and sales planning area, um, a friend of both of you guys, I know. Um, and uh, Tom, Tom really kind of took me under his wing, as did some other folks in the department, and, uh, and showed me the ropes as it relates to not just our department, but other departments around the home office. Um, one thing that was consistent through all of those roles is, is every role that I was in in the home office was a field-facing role. So I interacted every day. Uh, my primary customer was the sales organization. Uh, quickly kind of developed an affinity for the sales organization. I knew I wanted, wanted to build on that and, uh, and, and begin to be able to impact the growth of the sales organization in as many ways possible. Uh, met several different people along the way, uh, and, and some opportunities led one thing to another. <clears throat> And in uh, December of 2013, I was promoted to what's called the Regional Development Manager role that supported the Southeast region. Um, so uh, Russ Plyler and uh, Matt Manarese gave me a shot and uh, taught me everything I need to know uh, or put me in positions to learn, I should say, the, uh, the ropes of the business as it relates to recruiting, development, um, uh, manager uh, development, new rep development. Uh, just learn the business from the ground up, uh, and, and you got to do that, as you guys know, by just getting nitty-gritty. Uh, go out in the field and recruit, uh, do drops, make dials, close cases, uh, participate in, in leadership meetings and things like that, and learn the business and develop relationships. So um, it's been about three and a half years or so in that role. Then it's been a, almost a year uh, that I've been here in the Georgia market as the territory sales manager. Um, so my FUSIC story, if you will, to kind of circle back after the history is, is uh, I've taken a little bit of an unorthodox route uh, to get into the territory manager role than, than most. Uh, most of our uh, successful territory managers have come up uh, through the ranks at Colonial Life, which is an awesome thing to do. Uh, ASR, ADM, DGA, different uh, regional type roles. Mine's a little bit different in that I came from the home office and, and outward. Um, I knew that that would be maybe a little bit steeper learning curve than coming from the field, uh, but I had made a few connections along the way that are still uh, mentors to me in the business, and, and one of those was Frank Ferez. And I remember meeting Frank probably in my first two or three months, maybe, <clears throat> in the home office, and then worked with him much more once I got to Tom's team. And uh, Frank, you know, I won't won't. Uh, you know, explain his entire story on here. That's that's for a different day. But uh, but Frank came from the home office too, and is is now one of the, if not the top territory manager uh, in the history of Colonial Life, and is is the the home team, if you will, in terms of running the South Carolina and East Georgia market. So I uh, definitely knew it was a possibility, and you just got to set a vision and go for it. Uh, and and Colonial Life has afforded me opportunities that I never thought would be imaginable, in terms of meeting people and traveling, and and then the career opportunity, obviously, as I outlined. Nice. Let's 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 touch on that for a minute because you brought up some good parts on on, on the unorthodox uh, ways of going about it. A um, hundred calls a day by Salesforce. How many of those? That, that that's that's very impressive to be taking that in. I'm sure that some of them were good, some of them were bad. Uh, salespeople, uh, you know, or tendency to. I'm a sales guy, so I have a tendency to, I'm not saying anything negative, but have a tendency to think that my problem might be the most important problem that's happening right now. 
Well, it is. Yes, for, to me, right? Yeah. So, uh, and, they, and, and home office people should understand that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so, J- Jason, uh, explain. That's got to be a little different, and and, and actually, I, I wouldn't mind taking calls. That's a, that's a very good kind of got my wheels turning about how we, we should probably reverse roles for a day. But tell me about that experience and how taking those calls, how that's helping you and as a TSM, because I believe it would open up a lot of eyes. Yeah, so uh, I think maybe in two ways, TJ. So the first would be um, priorities, and you talked about you know what's most important. And in that environment, what's most important is the customer right in front of you. So it doesn't matter if that person was calling to find out <clears throat> what their paycheck is or tell me why we are you know, a terrible company because they didn't have a paycheck that week or they didn't qualify for that bonus. And, and I think prioritizing the customer was first and foremost, and you learn that right out of the gates. That's trial by fire. If you don't understand it, you will pretty quick. Uh, second, I think, is is I was able to, even if only for you know either two minutes or maybe up to 30 or 45 minutes, get a glimpse into the into their world, into what's not only what's driving their compensation, but what's driving their career. Uh, what kind of goals are they shooting for? How are they hitting these triggers? Uh, I'm coming in there and seeing people that are, you know, obviously we've got access to their paycheck, and I'm explaining how they just made this bonus that is twice my annual salary, and that's just one week. Uh, that, that'll certainly uh, drive you as well. But I think getting a glimpse into the, the struggles and the successes of what our sales organization does uh, was huge for me. Uh, Jason, t- touch on touch on what, what's going on in Atlanta right now because there's a lot of great things. Um, I was at your, your sales meeting uh, last month. And you were touching on um, one of the uh, college football coaches and his row the boat and everybody working together and not looking back. Touch on the culture and, and what's been built that you guys are building there in Atlanta because it's, it's, a, it's pretty hot right now. Yeah, it, it certainly is. So we got a lot of momentum going in the right direction. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, a very good mix of, of some veteran folks in the territory as well as a lot of new faces that uh, – that would indicate the future to be very bright. So you know, right now I would say we're kind of rebuilding a culture and laying a foundation, uh, not only for, for, for next year and the year after that, but sustainable growth for years to come. Uh, and that's, that's critically important. I'll come back to culture in a, in a second, but uh, to touch on what you were speaking of with the uh, college football coach. So uh, one thing I shared with our team at our last uh, leadership team meeting, uh, I kind of introduced them to this guy named PJ Fleck. Um, it's, uh, there's an ESPN film, kind of a 30 for 30 format in a three-part series called Being PJ Fleck. And, uh, if you're not familiar with him, he's the former head coach at the University of Michigan, which is when this row the boat concept was, uh, kind of birthed. Uh, he's currently the head coach at the University of Minnesota, was promoted between last se- last football season and this football season. Uh, but the row the boat thing is really what we spent most of the time on, on, on that mantra. And the idea is the team is best served when members who are rowing in the same direction, at the same pace, uh, with the same energy. Uh, the, the synergy that's created there is, is greater than the, uh, the sum of the parts, if you will. Um, so, you know, the, the, the second part is when you're rowing the boat, uh, you know, typically think like Olympic rowing, right? You got six or eight or however many people in the boat. Uh, you're, you're looking backwards. Uh, your, your back is to the direction that you're going. Uh, and there's there's three things that are kind of key about that. So you're looking backwards. Uh, you can learn from the past, uh, but not dwell on it. So if you're getting a little bit off course, you can course correct, uh, but you're not looking at it and, and talking about it and getting frustrated and all that about what did not go well. You're just learning from it. 
uh, you can look around you uh, to, to sync better with those pulling in the same direction. So whether that be uh, peers, whether that be folks on your team, whether that be uh, your leader, whether that be the team uh, directly around you, uh, the more that you learn from what's going on around you, the better the team as a whole is going to be for it. And we'll all get there a little quicker. And then the last part is you can't look where you're going. So uh, it, it, it is a degree of blind faith that we're heading in the right direction. Uh, and what you're relying on is the, the leader. Uh, so typically in the back of that rowboat, there's a guy that is actually facing forward, and he, he's calling out a cadence. And he's, if he needs to course correct left or right, that's what's happening. So you're relying on other leaders around you. Uh, to, to instill that blind faith in you that you are pulling in the right direction and doing the right thing. So um, the, the, the second part of the PJ Flex story that really uh, I think personally I related to very well and why I think, uh, you know, back to Colonial Life being, being the best opportunity in the market is uh, PJ was interviewed um, when he left Western Michigan, which, by the way, his first season they went, I believe, 1-10 or 0-11, something like that. And his final season, last season, they went undefeated. Uh, so when he was promoted to Minnesota, they said, okay, why Minnesota? I mean, Minnesota, you don't think about currently as a powerhouse. Uh, and there were a few different factors for him. One was the, uh, the, uh, the school had won numerous championships in football, but they were all like 1950s and prior. So it's been proven before that it can be done there, uh, and he wants to bring it back to greatness, right? Uh, the leadership, so he talked about the school president, the administration, uh, the other peer coaches around, uh, they were investing in people. They were also investing in facilities um, to make them a top-notch opportunity for future recruits, for fans, for uh, boosters, et cetera. Uh, and, and then overall, the, the market opportunity. So up in Minnesota, I believe it's in Minneapolis, is where the university is, and they uh, uh, are sitting on a market of millions of people. So it's unlimited opportunity, whereas in western Michigan, he was in a much smaller city, much smaller school, much smaller fan base, and things like that. So all those things kind of combine to, to create a perfect storm uh, to, to blow the thing out of the water and return the university to greatness, which is exactly what they hired him to do. So I relate that to, to what we've got here at Colonial Life, and then even specifically in the Georgia market. Uh, we've got several different smaller markets, but obviously Atlanta as the hub, uh, six and a half million people. The opportunity is limitless here for what we can do. You, you know, Jason, what a part of uh... – that story that I like the most is when you talked about when you're changing culture and, you, and, and you're changing um, the way people are thinking and, and it's moving to a winning culture and success, that there's always a huge dip. And even if the culture was fine before, but you change, there's things that are changing and, and you're, you're doing things to make it better, there's always a big dip down. So you, you, so you'll lose more. For, let's stick with the football analogies. You'll lose more games in the beginning. And then you'll win, and then you, you'll dip down again, and then you'll win, you dip down again, you'll win. So you, you're moving up, but you're also dipping down a little bit. So it's not just a straight arrow up. But it's, each dip gets a little yeah. bit smaller each time. Yes, and, yes. And that's the key to it. I know, Jason, uh, TJ shared that with us um, a couple of weeks ago, and I've shared that now with a bunch of people, that story. And, man, it's it's already impacted a ton of lives up here. So thank you for bringing that to our attention. But. You know, I, I love what it kind of relates back to that Steve Harvey, um, just just jump in. You know, you know, we always talk about no plan B. We always talk about you just got to go all in. You've got to be 100% and just say, hey, I'm either going to do this or I'm not. You got to jump in the deep end with no, you know, no, no raft, no anything like that and just go, right? And if you do that, people will follow you because all they see 
is the fact that you're all in. You don't have a second idea. You don't have a backup plan. And so that must mean that you're really confident that this is going to work out. And if people see that you're kind of hesitant to do it, people will not follow it because they'll be more hesitant than you are because they see that you're hesitant. So having that blind faith and that confidence that what you're doing is going to work and just, hey, come with me and just showing it by example, leading from the front, that's so, so key. I, I remember watching you know, Fleck now this past weekend when Minnesota whooped up on Nebraska and he's running down the sidelines, he's jumping in the players' arms, and, you know, he's the most energized person on the field, field and he's trying to bring his team to be that energy, you know, and, and I think that's so important in what we do when we're starting businesses. I have a reminder in my phone every single morning, and I have reminders in my phone that go throughout the day all the time, they pop up all day long, but one of the first ones is, one, give it all up to God, because he's in control anyway. But the second one is that the belief starts and ends with you. And if I don't believe that this territory can be number one, then nobody else is going to believe it either, right? And if you don't have that blind faith that God has you in the right position and you're doing the right things, you're never going to be successful. So I love that video, man. I think that's an awesome thing to share. And if the listeners haven't heard it, it's way more impactful than the Fusick podcast, I have to say. So go look up the PJ Fleck video. Um, talking about rowing the boat. It's good stuff. But, uh, Jason, what is uh, some advice? This is a question we always ask, and I always love to hear the answers because I feel like I can I can relate to it. But if you had a, a 22-year-old Jason Addy coming out of college, what what's the one piece of advice you would go back and give him um, just because he's starting in his, in his career? Yeah, that's that's a critical one. And uh, I think this is one that maybe a lot of folks could, could relate to. But for me, it's it's take time to enjoy the moment and soak it all in, um, especially uh, in, when I was in that regional development manager role. I was afforded an opportunity not only to meet people uh, all over the country, all over the region that are successful, that are struggling to get, you know, roll my sleeves up and get into their business with them, uh, but I've been afforded the opportunity to, to see places and have experiences and, and be around, you know, discussions and meetings and guest speakers and things like that that a lot of people will never have the opportunity to do. So for me, looking back on it, it would be a soak it all in, uh, loosen up a little bit, and just enjoy the moment. Love it. Love it, man. Jason, what is, you know, if you're, if you're looking back on now, you've been in a territory manager role for a year. And what was the biggest surprise to you after getting into this role? Like, what was the thing that you were least prepared for, least expected to happen, that you kind of had an aha moment? I think, to me, Craig, it's probably the, the magnitude of the responsibility that comes with leading the territory. Um, it, it, you know, I was certainly around a lot of uh, territories before and territory managers, and, and I'm great friends with a lot of them, including you two guys. But until you're in the role, <clears throat> or in a, in a role, I would relate it to a DGA role as well, until you're in that moment of... Um, People are relying on you, not just for vision, for direction, for motivation, for leadership, for coaching, for to answer the phone at, at 9.30 on a Tuesday night when they're having, you know, the third week in a row of struggle. Um, the magnitude that comes with that um, is, is not lost on me, but I think it had a huge impact on me in terms of the, uh, the, the seriousness to which I approached the job. Love it. Hey, Jason, uh, kind of piggyback off of that. You and I have had discussions about it. I think one of the toughest things for uh, TSM role, and actually any role out there, uh, DGA, ADM, ASR, is 
is dealing with the ups and downs and dealing with the stress and not letting it affect everything else that's going around you. Uh, we, we've discussed this. You know, what, what are some things that Jason Addy's doing? Because you got a big job, man. Uh, Georgia's a huge state, writes a lot of premium. You got a lot of uh, unbelievable personalities in there that that uh, are a lot have had a lot of success and and a lot of personalities that you're bringing in uh, who are just brand new to the business. So you know how how do you deal with how do you deal with that stress and what are some tidbits and uh, some tips you can give some some folks who 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 are dealing with a lot of those those same situations. Yeah, great question, TJ. I, I think for me it's it's having a support system. Uh, and I'll talk about what I do with that in just a second. But we even interview for this, um, especially for ADM and DGA roles. But uh, making sure that that person is, they may be 100% ready. The person sitting across the table from me saying, yep, I want to jump both feet in with this opportunity. But if they don't have that support system behind the scenes, whether it be an emotional support system, a financial support system, some sort of outlet for what are they going to do with that stress, and maybe equally as important, what are they going to do with their successes? Uh, but not having that support system in place, I've seen it can be detrimental to folks. Uh, so for me personally, uh, I'll start with, with the most important part for me, and that's, that's my wife, Lauren, who uh, actually I, in fact, met at Colonial Life as well. Uh, she is my partner, first and foremost, but she's my rock, my sounding board, my biggest fan. Uh, she, she gets me through good days, and we celebrate together, and she gets me through bad days. And you know, she hears me out and pumps me back up for the next day, and, and, and onward we go. But uh, without having that emotional support system, I don't think uh, yeah, any of us uh, can do what we do uh, without having Agreed, The second is, is having some sort of outlet that's got nothing to do with work, uh, that you can go blow off some steam and stuff like that. So um, I'm trying to do better, and, and, and we actually recently just put a home gym in the house and, and trying to work out a little bit and get in better physical shape, but also in a very healthy way, blow off some steam and, and kind of decompress from the day or, or gather my thoughts before work if it's, a, if it's an early Great, morning man. thing. So for, for me, it's, it's, it's nice. that. Yep. Well, uh, Jason, is there anything else you'd like to add to uh, for this podcast, the listeners? Um, I, I think for me it's just, uh, you know, at Colonial Life, it's it's all about the people and the opportunity that comes with that. I uh, could not be more pumped off about the future of, of where we're going. Uh, the investment that our company continues to pour into into people and into markets uh, to give us the best opportunity to win is second to none. Um, I think, you know, kind of what, what my closing comment would be gratitude. Uh, there's a lot of folks, and I've, I've named some of them along the way, that have kind of given me an opportunity and, and invaluable coaching and mentorship and things like that. None of us would be where we're at today uh, without those people that are that are surrounded with us. I think you know, I'll, I'll mention four guys that to me are considered to be you know lifelong friends that I've met in the role, and that would be the two of you guys, so TJ and Craig, and then Chris Menard and Heath Oaks. Uh, you guys have kind of blazed a trail of what it looks like to to be a successful territory manager and have that you know work-life balance where where not only are you incredibly talented at your job but you're incredible people outside the office too. And, you know, we've all hung out together at several different meetings, but we've all hung out on our own too. We'll fly in early or come in late or uh, the Menards and us have gone to, to New York city for Christmas and things like that. It's just um, that right there is, is stuff that you don't find everywhere. Uh, and that's, that's the that's special sauce. Amen. Yeah, amen. And amen amen to that. Jason, that's what it's all fun. about. That's right. Outstanding job, Jason. Thank you, sir. Nuked it, you, buddy. You, you, hey, you where, where can the listeners find you, Jason? 
Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Jason Addy, uh, and then Facebook, Jason Addy as well. And there's even an Instagram. I think it's J Addy SC, like South Carolina. Awesome. How about you, Craig? I'm Craig Miller. Find me on LinkedIn and Facebook, and you can find the Fusic Podcast on your um, on your Apple Podcast or your SoundCloud. And you can also visit our website at Fusic.us if you're interested in getting any gear for that. But uh, excited to have everybody listening again, and, and thank everybody for their support. Can't you know? Can't thank you enough for the emails. And if you have an email that you'd like to send us a Fusic story on, it's Fusic.us at gmail.com. And keep them coming in, guys. We continue to have people on that send us the emails, and we appreciate it. And uh, we will talk to everybody soon. TJ, where can they find you? Same way, Craig. Uh, the Fusic uh, Instagram, uh, McGinnis uh, five sixteen Instagram. LinkedIn as well. I appreciate all you guys. Uh, keep the uh, remarks coming and looking forward to having the next one, Craig. All right. Love y'all. Let's make a great day. Bye-bye. Fusic, a podcast for everyone who said I couldn't. <laughs>